Hey, as followers of Jesus, we're to love and be at peace with all men. Does that mean we should always get along to go along? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. today that is just filled with division. It just seems to be around every corner. There's there's division in politics and government. There's yep. division within the culture itself. Uh, there's division within the entertainment industry, among families, among churches today. Everybody just seems to be just on edge yep. a little bit all the time. If you go out in public, if you're active on social media, there's just this spirit of tension that's out yep. there. And um, it, it causes us to be very careful because you don't want to offend anybody. That seems to be the height of social sin today is to yeah. offend someone. So I think that creates some of the tension and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it causes a lot of questions for uh, followers of Jesus yeah, like us definitely in that moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all know verses like John 13, 35 says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, right? And yeah. then uh, there's other verse from 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, mm-hmm. and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So it's common in Christian yeah. Christianity yep. is, hey, there's all this tension. We just need to love each other. We just need to show love to everyone. Right. Yeah, and you, you hear that when you read and, the Bible. You hear stories yeah. uh, in in sermons from churches yeah. that 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 is what we are about. But yeah. Then we all bump up against moments today where we're being asked to um, love and accept and understand and overlook some things that we know are uh, contradictory to Scripture, where mm-hmm. they go against our convictions, and it's difficult in that moment. You're like, okay, am I supposed to just overlook this? Am yeah. I supposed to just stay within the four walls of my house yeah. and not say anything? Yeah. Am I supposed to just really get along so that we can all go along? Yeah. Am I supposed to just acquiesce and just yeah. lay down my uh, rights, expectations, yeah. convictions? Yeah. Is that really what I'm supposed to do? For sure. Because if those are the only <clears throat> verses that you're trying to build your whole theology off of in yeah. the world without understanding greater context without right. understanding more of how Jesus lived without understanding that's more true. of the history of the church, yep. uh, then, then that's where attention will come in because you don't know how do I combine love with truth, yep. with sin, yep. with my own faith in God, right. how do all those things come together to live the right way? Yeah. So uh, as we have, uh, always set as our goal here is to make sure we consider the whole of Scripture, the counsel, the full counsel of Scripture. So we're going to look at a lot of different passages today because we don't want to build a theology, as you said, just off of two verses. Mm-hmm. That would be mm-hmm. inaccurate yeah. uh, to do. So you know, if we're talking about love, for example, you you get the definition in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, that says love suffers long and is kind. So that seems to yeah. reinforce that as well. Yeah. It does not envy, does not parade itself, it does not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, it's not provoked, and it thinks no evil. So that all seems to coincide with this mm-hmm. idea of uh, be patient, be understanding, yeah. uh, accept, love, yeah. get along. Um, but then that passage isn't finished because then it goes on and says, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Yeah. Well, that, that's a difference. That, that sounds different all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, it goes on to say love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So 
now we're getting a little bit different feel all of a sudden. Okay, well, what is this thing then? What is love? And and how do we, you know, what does all this mean about the moment that we live in today? So <clears throat> it's a question that we have to we have to answer. How do how do we do yeah, all of this? How absolutely. do we come to some place where we understand the full counsel of God and mm-hmm. and then apply love and peace without compromise and without yielding our convictions. Absolutely. So my question then to you is how do we actually do this then? How do we practically apply um, those truths into our life? Yeah. Great, great question. So I'd say, first of all, it's essential that we answer it because we Mm -hmm. all live in uh, social contexts where we are to live out our faith. Church mm-hmm. on Sunday is not to be different than family on Monday yeah. or work on Tuesday mm-hmm. or our government responsibilities on Wednesday, whatever whatever yeah. context it is, whether Absolutely. it's work or family, uh, our friendships, culture, government, or even the church, we have to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I supposed to just get along to go along regardless? Am I supposed to always just get along and seek the peace? Yeah. So again, we turn to scripture and we know there are verses like Romans 12, 18, where Paul writes and says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live yeah. peaceably with all men. Yeah. All right. Well, there we That's, have yeah. a pretty clear mandate that yes, uh, with as much as we have within us, if it if there is any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we should live at peace. Yeah, <clears throat> but but the fact that he says it that way, <laughs> yeah, means there's going to be times there, when yeah. it may not be possible. Exactly, and and there'll be some times when, uh, as much as it depends on you, you still won't be able to achieve peace in the situation. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, double-edged sword of the verse. Absolutely. So uh, we know as believers, we are called to be the champions of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Anybody on earth is going to say it. It's going to be us. Uh, we're to be the ones who advocate for mercy uh, in in situations. We, sh- we should be the ones who are known as the most patient, the most understanding, and the most forgiving because we we're called to forgive like Jesus forgave us. Yeah. So yes, that should be us, mm-hmm. and, and we should do so for the sake of the gospel, so that others know what the gospel looks like. We should yeah. do so for the sake of of the relationship, whatever that may be, whether it's family work government, church, yeah. for the sake of that relationship, we should seek to maintain peace mm-hmm. and and for the sake of unity because there's power in unity. And that, yeah. that's necessary whether it's in uh, a family, yeah. uh, if it's in a church, or if it's in our nation. There should be a sense of, let's try to get some unity here. Let's yeah. all try to be on the same page. Yeah. There's power in that. Yeah. <clears throat> so what does all of that, this idea of seeking unity, seeking peace, uh, and in displaying love mm-hmm. to one another, what does that look like in the family setting? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, and, and we'll, we're going to yeah. talk about each of these areas today. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, let's start within the context of family, yeah. probably the one we are in the most yeah. um, and know the most. Mm-hmm. So again, we know that within that context of husband and wife, mother, father, children, cousins, grandparents, grandchildren. <laughs> All of that context, we should seek to promote unity and love and peace, uh, forgiveness, understanding, because that that's the foundational element of our culture. Uh, it's the foundational element in which God tells us to really teach faith. Yeah, 
Um, it, it's really in the home that that the disciples are made yeah, <laughs> from absolutely from parents to children. Yeah, that's uh, how faith is passed down to <clears throat> generations. It's how yeah, there's with, change within the context, a healthy context of peace and yes. love. Yes, uh, that's why God describes it that way. It's not to be this. Um, industrial peace that happens outside, but it's something that happens inside the context Mm -hmm. of of, of a loving family. So uh, for the sake of the family, for the sake of the members of the family, and Mm -hmm. for the sake of the gospel and and to be a picture of Jesus, we should seek peace. Ephesians 4, um, Paul says, I beseech you, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Yeah. You can't be more clear. Nope. He gives us all of the instructions and the yeah. how-to uh, of what that looks like. And the goal, endeavoring <clears throat> to keep the unity of the Spirit in yeah. the bond of peace. That's yep. All of that summed up together. Yeah, and, and when a family does that, when a church does that, when anyone mm-hmm. does that, there's going to be health and life yep. within that context. Uh, we shouldn't be arrogant. We shouldn't be self-seeking. We shouldn't be uh, bitter, uh, jealous, and fighting, and vindictive, yep. um, demanding. That that should not be us. But we should be seeking as much as possible, as much as it depends upon us, mm-hmm. to be at peace with all men. But we're going to consider the whole of Scripture. We have to consider other passages as well. And so um, you turn to Matthew 10, and you hear Jesus speaking, and he says something that kind of, at first glance, and it, it appears to blow all of this out of the water. And it's yes. like, what in the world? Yeah. So here's, here's what Jesus said. He said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. This isn't sounding so peaceful. Uh, for, and Jesus said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That just, uh, wow. Yeah, if you don't believe it, Matthew 10, 34 to 37, <laughs> find it in your own Bible. It, it's there. And so yeah. now we're we're left with, okay, I have to find yes. singularity here mm-hmm. amongst this duality because they both exist. And yes. there has to be an answer for both of these things. The Bible is not contradictory. Yeah. God is the same. He is one. He is unified. So what he says in one, he says in another. Mm-hmm. And then we must understand how these two come to play together. So I have to ask, this This does not sound like get along yeah. to go along. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this does not sound like peace at all costs. This is not, at times it would appear, that's not even unifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sounds like line in the sand. It sounds like, <laughs> hey, it's either us or them. And yeah. definitely contrary to a lot of the things you hear today. Yeah. So then both of these things must be true. There must be a yes. time and a place for keeping and seeking peace Mm -hmm. uh, as much as it depends upon us. But it means there also, there will be times when there won't be peace. And we have to make sure that we understand both of these things exist and how we navigate through this and to know, well, when, when does this, the switch flip? (laughs) Mm -hmm. When does the line appear? Is there a subtle, 
you know, gradient change from one yeah. to the other or what? How, how do we get from one to the other and when, yeah. do, when do we know what to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think another, another question that people might be having is, uh, who are we supposed to be keeping the peace with? Is it yeah. with just the people here on this earth, mm-hmm. the horizontal or, or is it the peace with the vertical? Is it only this or only this? I yeah. think it's a, it's both. It's true. Uh, and we have to be careful with, with setting our eyes on peace with people that I see peace with the people I'm around right. because it can turn into, I am going to uh, please this person by keeping mm-hmm. peace with them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to break this peace that I have vertically, or it might yeah. slightly shift it. I might <clears throat> suffer a little vertical piece to have the horizontal piece. That's and true. that's, that's where it gets dangerous. So we have to, remind ourselves slash ask the question, who are we keeping peace with? Right. Which, what would you say? Well, I think obviously uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. But we're to maintain that peace Mm -hmm. and and maintain fellowship with him and and walk in truth with him. Uh, We're to do what the first commandment says, love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the vertical. Mm -hmm. And then secondaries like it to love your neighbor as yourself. So both of those are in play. Yeah. Um, But there's a reason one is number one. Was number one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And one is number two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, kind of to your point that obviously I think we we must hold to peace with God first. Mm -hmm. And then we must as much as possible, seek to maintain peace with others. That's yep. a great perspective on mm-hmm. that. That helps us define where we're headed next. For sure. Because what I want to do is lay out a, a couple of principles, truths from Scripture, and we're going to try to apply these in every one of these social settings. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what the Bible calls us to. Yeah. Um, and it has to be true and walk us through all of life. It has to apply in every one of these situations. So, uh, I think we would all understand from the scripture and know that, <clears throat> again, based on these two commandments, yeah. that we should not ever do anything that puts us in a place where we are sinning or compromising conviction. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to break the first commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if it's causing me to not be able to love the Lord my God with yeah. all of my heart, soul, mm-hmm. mind, and strength, then I then I can't do that thing. Yeah. Especially uh, whenever you're <clears throat> you're breaking that for the sake of peace with someone else. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Yeah, that's usually why it happens right. is because you want to impress someone, you want to win them over, you want to... Uh, not have conflict. Not have conflict <clears throat> yep. in order to slightly shift the vertical relationship in yep. order to with, withhold the horizontal yeah. relationship. Some people might compromise their faith mm-hmm. in order to maintain peace with someone else, mm-hmm. for example. So, yeah. But again, I, I think we set this as number one. If I am being asked to sin mm-hmm. or compromise my conviction, then that is an opportunity right there where I can uh, choose an action that may not be peaceable at all times mm-hmm. because I cannot just go along in that moment. Yes, I can't go along with what someone else is asking me to do. Now, this doesn't mean that I have to go and uh, tell everybody yeah. that they're wrong and mm-hmm. stop that and all those kind of things. We're called yeah. claim the gospel, obviously. Yeah. But uh, my concern here has to be if someone is 
um, asking me to sin. So if I am being asked yeah. to compromise or sin, then I can say I cannot be at peace in this situation. Mm-hmm. I cannot just accept, roll over, um, and go along in this moment. So that's the first thing. I think the second yeah. thing we can also know is that if there is any injustice or oppression, then we are we are not called to be at peace in that moment, yes. which I think fits with the second commandment. Yes. I'm to love my neighbor as I love myself. So if I see my neighbor mm-hmm. being oppressed mm-hmm. or if there's injustice, or oppressing. Sh- yeah, yeah, exactly. Then I should act. I mm-hmm. should do something. I should even <clears throat> speak and act if it creates tension, tension. Yes. conflict. Yes. I have to release the peace, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> release my goal of peace yeah. in order to keep a greater peace. Yes, because that's the thing is <clears throat> we, we may need to break the temporal peace mm-hmm. there in a situation in right. order to have the greater peace in the long run. If someone is doing something wrong, then we must confront it and address it so that it's fixed so that it is uh, resolved and that yeah. they can now live in peace. Right. We can live in peace and the whole scenario then is peaceful. But you can't just say, oh, if I break the peace, then it will be bad. Right. No, sometimes you need to take that step uh, to get um, to get greater peace. Yeah, so again, I just want to restate this. I'm going to say this a lot today, these, yeah. two, these two areas. When I am being asked to compromise or sin, or mm-hmm. if there is injustice or oppression, mm-hmm. that is when I am no longer required to keep the peace, accept, mm-hmm. understand, go along, overlook, all of that. I, I don't have to in those two situations. Now, just because someone is living differently than me, that doesn't mean I get to you know go up and interrupt their life and create yeah. conflict. I, in most, almost all situations, love requires loving when it's difficult. When uh, it requires me to be merciful, requires mm-hmm. me to love even uh, family members. We're going to talk about this context here of family. Uh, I should love those who have different beliefs, different lifestyles, different activities. I'm Absolutely. called to love and um, forgive or mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. as much as possible, uh, as long as they are not making me participate in something that is a compromise of my conviction. Uh, I can still love them as long as I am not put in the position to have to sin. So Mm -hmm. in those moments, I can demonstrate the love of Jesus. I can attempt to understand. But if in any given situation, I'm being asked to participate in a sin, um, then I can remove myself from that situation. I can as much as possible, keep the peace, but I, I can walk away and should walk away yeah. out of that. I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't attempt to just go along with the sin mm-hmm. just so that I don't hurt someone's feeling. Yeah. I shouldn't go along with the sin in that moment. Yeah. And I think depending on <clears throat> the situation, the relationship, sometimes it is best uh, for the peace to, for there to be peace is for you to walk away. Right. But sometimes I think it is also important, again, depending on the situation, how involved you are, what your relationship is to these people, but to step up and to address and to confront yeah. in order for there to be peace. You know, some, you have to know right. the balance. You know, if it's a parent and a child, I think uh, it, it'd be best to confront. Mm-hmm. But if it's, a, you know, a mm. further distant relative and you, and you see him once a year or something like that, it may be best to, I'm going to remove myself and, you know. Yep. 
Yep. All there's it's different <clears throat> phases for how we are to interact, but nonetheless, those are still the core truths. Yeah. So again, if I'm being asked to sin, that's yeah. when I can excuse myself from the situation. Yeah. I don't have to be at peace with what's happening. Yeah. Two, if there is injustice or oppression, I do not have to be at peace with that. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I should act. Yes. Love demands that I act. Yes. If there is injustice or oppression happening, mm-hmm. something needs to be said. Something needs to be done. I should yes. do so with wisdom. I should do so with uh, urgency um, and, and as much as, as peaceably possible. Mm-hmm. But I should act. I should not just overlook that. Yep. So, Again, we turn to scripture, you find settings where people had to act in some uh, urgent ways. Uh, you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 a situation where uh, there was immorality happening within a family, mm-hmm. and it was being overlooked. Yeah, uh, and, and of, almost accepted as well. Yeah, it was being overlooked, not, not just turning a blind eye to, but even within the church family context, it was, it was kind of being bragged about is mm-hmm. look look how look how graceful we are look yeah. how merciful we are we yeah. even have this sin happening within yeah. our church mm-hmm. and and Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 1 he says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the gentiles that a man has his father's wife so apparently there's a man who um he lost his first wife marries another and then this one, his son, is having a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And the church is accepting of this. The yeah. church is understanding of this. Yeah. The church is kind of okay with okay it. and celebrating and, and with we it. And we need to keep the peace and keep them, bring them in. And yeah. And so when Paul writes, he writes to confront them and said, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. This is not right. Exactly. What you're doing. You yeah. should not be overlooking this. Yep. So, again, now we see this situation where... Um, the people were having to compromise their conviction by allowing it, but this was an injustice going yeah, on. This exactly. is not. This is not right. Exactly. And, and Paul writes with some very strong words to them. He he yeah. actually tells them, uh, "You need to you need to gather together as a people and turn this one over to Satan." Well, that that's not peaceable <laughs> yeah, necessarily. No, that's harsh. You know, in, in the initial. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. So what what does that look like uh, if people were to gather together and and say we're handing you over to Satan? Yeah. So um, the New Testament describes moments like this uh, and some other references as well, where there is um, what we have come to refer to as church discipline, mm-hmm. where there is an action that's taken, where there is a known um, sin happening in the church, and steps are taken on a on a personal basis to try to resolve the sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person is is talked to one-on-one to try to, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but yeah. uh, they meet with him one-on-one and that doesn't find resolve. They bring another with him, that doesn't find resolve. Uh, and eventually it's brought to the church's attention because the whole, the group, the yeah. people involved in the situation. And, and because of the person's unwillingness to yield and repent and turn, the church, as Paul writes to them here, you, you should actively participate in helping this man see the destruction he's bringing. Mm -hmm. So this apparently for Paul's instruction was you should have this time of prayer for him Mm -hmm. where you say, God, um, you don't need our authority to do this, Mm -hmm. but we are asking you to bring about whatever is necessary for this person to come to the end of themselves and their sin. And by 
this turning him over to Satan, you were you were saying we are going to step back out of the situation yes. now, and we are going to allow consequences to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to allow him to be exposed to yeah. the full um, set of consequences that come with his sin yeah. without us intervening. Yeah, without mercy or grace or trying yeah. to accept and call yeah. in. We're putting him out mm-hmm. kind of into the, the the spiritual cold yeah. so that he will yeah. come to his senses. Yeah. That doesn't sound like living a very peaceful life. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But as you said but earlier, it is seeking, breaking yeah. the temporary peace for the seeking a greater peace. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, if, if you go on and read more of the letters to Corinthians, you find that they do this. They mm-hmm. do it so harshly that even when the man repents, Paul has to say, hey, let up Accept now. Bring him back, back into the fold. Yeah. Come on. Um, so, but there you have that picture. There you yeah. have an example. Here's what here's what you do in situations yeah. like that. So, Absolutely. again, we're talking about context of family. There's going to be some obvious differences within a family. People are going to believe different things, practice different things. But if you're ever being asked to participate in a sin or compromise of your convictions, you have the Bible's admonition to step out of that and not have to just go along with it. Yeah. Uh, you also have the Bible's admonition to step up into the moment when mm-hmm. there is some kind of injustice or oppression going yes. on. You're called to do something, not to just let that happen and mm-hmm. sit back and say, well, we're just going to pray and see what happened. Yeah, uh, and then not pray. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a context for family. And I think out of that, we we get then a format for how we practice this in some other formats. Again, yeah. with these two goals. If I'm being asked to sin or compromise, I do yeah. not have to continue to keep peace necessarily. If there is injustice or oppression, I do not have to keep mm-hmm. seeking the peace. So let's look at another uh, context uh, that's relevant for today. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about government. We, yeah. we live in a land uh, that has a government. Uh, mm-hmm. Most lands do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in Paul's day, the New Testament day, there was yeah. government. Um, <clears throat> his government setting was not one in which there was great um, freedom. Mm-hmm. It was oppressive. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. Um, but Paul writes and, and says to the believers in that day, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 10 and 11, he says, we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, uh, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Okay, there's some good good counsel and direction from Scripture. As much as possible, do your thing, stay mm-hmm. in your home, seek to increase, seek to uh, live a quiet life. Don't try to draw the attention of others. Don't go around poking the bear all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, as much as possible, you should seek to live a quiet life, and then. Paul would also write in Romans uh, and say in verse, or I'm sorry, in chapter 13, verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, if you resist the authority, you resist the ordinances of God. So in that whole passage there through verse 7, he, he says we should pray for those in authority. We should follow those in authority. Uh, it's for this reason that we pay taxes uh, to a government and, and give give to Caesar what is due to him, as Jesus would say, or render to each person their due, as Paul would say. Uh, taxes to whom taxes, and customs yeah. to whom customs. 
Yeah. Uh, we should do that. Yep. Paul would also write to Timothy, the young pastor, and say, uh, I'm, I'm asking you as a young pastor, encourage everyone to pray and intercede and, and give thanks for all men. Uh, he says, for kings and for all who are in authority. He says, do this, pray for them so that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. That's good. Uh, we yeah. should strive toward yeah. that end. The goal, live at peace with yes. everyone as much as possible. Yes. But if that same governmental authority yeah. is asking you to commit sin or compromise a conviction, mm -hmm. or if there is clear injustice or oppression, then it requires, and Scripture opens the door for another set of actions to yeah. take place. So, again, we look at another story from Scripture. You turn to the book of Acts. It's the early period of the church. They are proclaiming the gospel. Uh, there's a time where there's favor with everyone, but then there's a time where that turns. And even uh, religious governmental authorities, which existed in that day, um, began to not be so kind toward the gospel. Yep. And they tell Peter and John, you cannot go out preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. No more. No more in yep. our streets. Yep. And Peter and and, and John say, well, we, we can't help but say what we've seen and what we've heard. Yeah. And so they are brought in. They're threatened. Mm -hmm. um, they're, brought, they're brought in. And Peter and the apostles say, they make this statement uh, when faced with, here's what's going to happen if you can continue to do this. Peter says, we ought to obey God rather than men. Wow. Okay, well, that's that's not peaceable. <laughs> no, yeah. that, that's not going along. Uh, that's not yeah. getting along to go along. Yeah, that's it's seeing <clears throat> oppression. It's having your convictions. Uh, they're asked to be compromised. Mm -hmm. And you say, nope. Yeah, and there's going to be a cost. Yeah. And they were willing to pay that price. Yeah, They were willing to say, well, um, you do what you must. But we have to obey God. We have to keep yeah. first commandment yep. <laughs> before we can get to second mm -hmm. commandment. Yeah. We can't compromise the first in order to do the second. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you can be not peaceful for a time in order that there may be peace, greater peace. That's true. And, and that's essential to yeah. understand in relationships and yeah. government and your family and all those things. Again, yeah. if in relation to the government, if it weren't, for that, we would America would not be a thing, right? The American Revolution <clears throat> came because there was oppression, yep. there was compromise of convictions, there was asking for others to sin, you know, yeah, and and there was injustice that was going on. So, group of people rise up and say, yep. "No, yeah, we're not doing this. We yeah. are starting something new." Yeah, the, those who come to this land from England come mm -hmm. here because they are being forced. Um, to attend a certain church, believe a certain way, mm -hmm. and could not practice their own faith freely. So yeah. they said, we can't do this any longer. Yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah. And so uh, this it's difficult. It's awkward because um, yeah. it's not popular today no. to to rise up and kind of draw some lines in the sand. And, exactly. But again, when you read scripture, you have to take in the whole of scripture. You can't just take in the uh, everybody love one another mm -hmm. verses. That, that That's there. But so are these verses as well. That, yeah. Uh, it's that still balances love. everything out. It's still love. Yeah. But it's love at a higher 
uh, degree, higher mm-hmm. command, and a higher cost. Yes. Really. Yes. So, absolutely. Uh, again, I think our, our two principles apply here in relation mm-hmm. to government. Um, yes. Be at Live peace. at peace. Yes. Yeah. But if you are being asked to sin or compromise your convictions, if there is injustice and oppression, you're no longer required in that moment to live at that same level of uh, get along to go along. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another relevant area. Let's talk about work um, and the empo- employer-employee relationship. So, once yeah. again, uh, we should live in um, a place where we work to be at peace at our work, to be a blessing to our employer and the company, uh, to to work hard, mm-hmm. to to sacrifice, to be quiet, to be. Uh, respectful yeah. uh, to to bring about success yes. for the for the company. Absolutely, get uh, your work done, do it well. Yep, the New Testament writes uh, a little bit different situation, but I think there's some similar implications here. He mm-hmm. writes to uh, in Ephesians five, uh, six to bond servants, those who are in a sense employed, a little bit different relationship, but he says to them, uh, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, uh, with goodness or with goodwill doing service yeah. as to the Lord, not to men. So he says, at your work, serve your employer, your boss, as though they were Jesus. Live, <laughs> work that yeah. way, as though he were the one. Yeah, asking you to do the task, asking you to uh, fulfill an obligation, do it, do it in that same way. And mm-hmm. the promise was from that that passage that, that you'll receive blessing, uh, whatever good you do, you'll you'll receive the same from the Lord. He'll bless yeah. you in that. So uh, we should live and work that way. But if in even a work setting, you are asked to compromise your conviction, you see injustice or oppression happening, then there is there is biblical instruction on what to do next. Yeah. Now, I think there's a little bit, um, uh, we can dive in a little bit more to one of the aspects that we actually can do, and that is to make an appeal yeah. uh, within a work environment because we want to hold on to our job. Mm-hmm. We want to continue to earn. We want to um, serve our employer as though he were Christ. Um, so in those moments, I think we have biblical instruction that if we are asked to do something that is a compromise for us, then we can appeal because yes. we read that in in the story of Daniel. Yes, and just before continuing on, yeah. the, <clears throat> this is why it's important to be a good worker, a hard worker, and one who's diligent as yeah, yeah. as it is to the Lord, right? True. Because. Whenever a person that is like that, that works like that, is asking for an appeal, yeah, because of their the standard that they hold mm-hmm. and the the righteousness that they are striving for, mm-hmm. uh, then an appeal is much more likely to be heard and to be accepted. Yeah, whenever it's <clears throat> it's like this guy works so hard, this girl works so hard, right? They we have to have them, and this is appeal. I'm listening. Yeah, if it's a person who's not doing their job well, right. they don't care, they're sleeping on the job, whatever it is, right. the appeal, less likely to be heard. Yeah. And it's just yeah. So your, your character yes. gains you some credibility. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's good. So um, you have the story in, in the book of Daniel where Daniel and his friends are, they're actually taken captive from their homeland. They're put into a 
foreign land, uh, foreign gods, and they are um, told that they are going to have to eat the king's delicacies. Well, this is against uh, a Jewish young man's conviction code at the time. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't eat things that are against the law. And so um, he's already had his name changed along with his friends, and now he's asked to yield his convictions. And in this moment, Daniel, uh, the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating this unlawful food mm-hmm. um, uh, or with the wine that, that they were to give him. And so what he did, he made an appeal to the one in authority. He said, hey, for 10 days, uh, let us eat um, vegetables and let us drink water. And at the end of 10 days, if we don't look any different than all the others here, then then we'll 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 keep your your way. But if if we do, then we'd ask that we would have uh, success, be able to keep our our convictions about us. And so um, they the king eventually agrees, and they set out on this course. And at the end of ten days, they are more healthy. Mm-hmm. And so again, they're honored. Because Daniel was respectful, yep. Daniel had character, had mm-hmm. gained credibility, but he made his appeal and God rewarded them. Mm-hmm. God blessed them as a result. So uh, we should make appeals when possible if we're being asked to compromise. Uh, we've experienced a lot of this recently uh, within this past year. People who their employer, because of COVID mandates, was requiring vaccines and we would have yeah. people say, would you mind helping us put together a letter or would you write a supporting letter that I'm going to send to my employer yeah. about this mandate? I would like to appeal and offer another alternative. And so we would help with that process mm-hmm. as much as we could. And and we saw God honor that and bless. And yeah. these people made effective, respectful, um, character-based appeals. Yeah. <clears throat> now, um, that... That is healthy and that is good. But there can come times where even after we've made the appeal, yeah, that the edict still comes down. Mm-hmm. The, the, the command still comes down and you are then forced to have to compromise or yield. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we turn to Daniel's uh, book and we find another story about his friends who were put into a situation where they were being forced to compromise. They were called to, to bow down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, this golden statue, and to bow down in allegiance to it. And so uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we can't do this, O king. Um, We cannot bow down to any other. And so uh, if you know the story of the Bible, you know what happens. These three are are arrested. They are thrown into a fiery furnace. And so it does not play out well for them initially. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so they 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 break the initial peace, and it yes. does not bring peace. No. Their, their actions actually cause great harm to themselves. Mm-hmm. But out of that, God blesses. Yes. And a fourth man shows up in the fire uh, looking like the son of God, mm-hmm. uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, and they are freed. God blesses them. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. We make an appeal. It doesn't go in our, our favor. We have to pay the price and God yeah. blesses anyway. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. God, God is still faithful, 
even whenever you're having to deal with the consequences of of whatever yeah. appeal you're making in a sense you yeah. know he's he's still the lord over the whole situation <clears throat> yeah because their their thing was hey whether we are saved through the fire or not we yeah. still stand here yes they were willing to stand in their convictions uh, no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that fits our, our principles we're following here as well. Exactly. All right. Um, let's move over into the context of friendships. Mm-hmm. Gets real close to home uh, for all of us. We all have friends, um, people that we enjoy being around, people that are like us mm-hmm. uh, in some ways. Maybe they're not like us. Uh, they're, they're different and that's okay. Everyone's different, and that's why we have friends because yep. they're different from us. That's yep. good. And within those contexts, relationship, we should be uh, kind and affectionate. Paul writes in uh, chapter 12, Romans, and says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Those are all great relational attributes. They're necessary, and we should love our friends, uh, even when they might do some things that we might not do. Mm-hmm. They might go places we might not go. They participate in some things that we wouldn't participate in, and we love them yeah. and accept them and understand them. It's not our responsibility to control them. Yeah, uh, It's not our role to control. But if when we are with our friends, if they begin to be part of an act or they begin to participate in something and they want us to, we don't have to go along in that moment yeah. with them. We don't have to get along to go along with them. We yeah. can stand in our convictions and say, uh, I, I'm just not going to do that. That's uh, okay. Y'all go ahead. Y'all do your thing. Uh, I'm not going to, though. We're, we're called to stand again. I'm going to love the Lord, my God, all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I can't participate in anything that would cause me to yield my love for him or compromise yeah. a conviction I have. And that's not legalism. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's love. It is. It's your love for God first. Yeah. And it's a love for them as well mm-hmm. to be able to say, I'm, I want you to see who I really am. Actually, yes, uh, exactly. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bend or yield or become something mm-hmm. just so you mm-hmm. can, uh, just to not make waves. Exactly. Um, so if I'm asked to compromise or sin, or if there is injustice or oppression happening, I, I am I am then called to act and not just get along to go along. We have scripture that, that tells us about times like this. So uh, you read Galatians 6, 1. It gives us instructions on what to do when a friend, uh, a brother, a Christian friend, is caught in some sin. We have instruction on what what we're to do. Uh, Galatians says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So for a temporary moment, you're going to create just a little bit of tension, maybe awkwardness. You're going to release the peace in order to have greater peace. Exactly. You you want this man, this friend uh, to be free. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if that means having awkward conversation, you have it. You 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 break the peace for that sake. And then uh, the passage we referred to earlier, where Jesus gives instruction on what to do if your brother sins against you. So, let's say you have a friend and he does something to you or against you that's incredibly offensive or hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, there's times to be as much as possible at peace with all men, understanding. Mm-hmm. But if that continues, if yeah. that is painful, grievous, mm-hmm. there is a there is a, a mechanism, a way we're to respond. And, and Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Good place to start, just the yeah. two of you. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. Awesome. Yeah. There's reconciliation, you move on. Jesus said, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Okay, this is not feeling so peaceable anymore. Yeah, exactly. This, this is, is more confrontation. You're bringing yeah. another person to the story, and they're going to mm-hmm. listen and confirm things that are said and be a third party. And then Jesus said, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. You tell it to the larger context yeah. of of believers that are related to that situation. I don't mm-hmm. believe this means, you know, in Sunday you stand up and <laughs> shout it out to the church. Hey, my brother did yeah. to me. No, you, you, you say it within the context of those who are aware of the situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, even Jesus goes on and says, but if he refuses even to hear then, yeah, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Yeah. So again, yeah. this kind of comes back to the, the first Corinthians five, the, the Paul saying, turn them over to Satan. Yeah. This is where you've walked through the process attempting to bring peace. Yep. And there's no resolve. There's no restoration, reconciliation, repentance. So in that moment, you have to be willing to sacrifice yeah. initial peace. Yep. In order to seek the greater peace. Yeah. For them, for the, the whole group, for you in the relationship with God, all yep. of that yep. has to happen. Yep. For the church. Yes. For them, uh, all of that, yes, yeah, absolutely, <sighs> yeah. So, um, as we let's make this application one more group then um, in in church, maybe a larger scale, yeah, uh, not just friendship but in the church mm-hmm. uh, within Christianity. Uh, there should be a desire to love one another, understand, be patient, yeah, uh, allow for different believers to express worship differently for sure not everybody has to be the same they're different mm-hmm. gifts mm-hmm. within the body uh, allow for different practices even among churches and and even churches cooperate for the sake of the gospel for the sake of the bigger whole yeah at times we uh, we lay down our differences for the sake of going along but let's be clear what some of those differences are exactly so, exactly for example you know I, I hear some people say sometimes man there are just so many churches out there it just shouldn't be that way well what 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 should it be well it's just be one church everybody one church can you imagine if in any given city even our small city yeah if everybody went to one church within no. that setting <laughs> pretty soon what would happen somebody would say i really like it when we just do hymns yeah. Another one says, well, I really like it when we do more contemporary upbeat yeah. music. Well, I like it when we do communion every Sunday. Yeah. Well, I like it when we do communion about once a month. Yeah. Well, I like it when baptism is exactly. in a trough. Well, yeah. I like baptisms when it's done in a, in a pool outside. Yeah. And pretty soon, people, not out of anything yeah. mean or cruel, people would be dividing off saying, yeah. well, you know, I like verse by verse exposition yeah. of scripture. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so do I. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Well, I like talking about topics and yeah. seeing what the scripture has to say exactly. about them. So do I. <laughs> yeah. So you would end up right back in the same situation. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not offended by the fact that there are different churches. Yep. I, I'm okay with that. No. In fact, I'm I'm glad for that. Yes. <clears throat> and yeah. I'm glad that people have options where to go, what to do. Um, 
And so different churches practice different ways. I could walk into many of them and not feel like I was compromising my yeah. my tr- my convictions in Absolutely. any way. They may do things differently, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. Now, if I went into a group where they were teaching that there's another way to God besides Jesus, yeah. I could not be at yeah, peace with exactly. that. Their convictions compromised. Yeah. They're asking basically for you to make that agreement. Yeah, and, exactly. And that would be a compromise of your of the truth. Yeah, if they're, if they're not teaching the Bible as God's inerrant word, mm-hmm. uh, but they're using you know, sociology and science, other things to... Yeah. Uh, that con- they believe contradict scripture and they're following yeah. them instead of scripture. Yeah. I'm kind of out on that. Yeah. Like I'm not, that's, that's conviction. I'm out. I'm not willing to yeah. com- to give into exactly. compromise, to, to exactly. get along in order to go along. Yep. So I'm all for churches rallying together on, on things that they can be unified on. Yep. That's good. That's necessary. And, and we should be, um, seeking to have unity amongst believers. Jesus prayed for that in John 17 and uh, James 3 tells us, you know, that if you're, if there's self-seeking and envy, then there's going to be confusion, all kinds of evil things there. And we shouldn't do that. He says Mm -hmm. in James 3 verse 18, he says the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Yes. Yeah. We should be seeking peace as much as is possible even amongst churches. However, you also, when you read the life of Jesus, you find him walking into, they didn't have churches at the time yet. (laughs) Holy Spirit had not been given. Jesus had not uh, ascended. So you don't have church church buildings. You have synagogues. Mm -hmm. Well, you find Jesus walking into the synagogue. Uh, For example, in Mark chapter 3, it says that Jesus entered the synagogue and there was a man who had a withered hand. And and they, the Pharisees and Jewish religious leaders, they watched him closely whether he, Jesus, would heal this man on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. So <laughs> Jesus walks into a tense moment to begin with. Yeah. He, he knew it was there yeah. and he walked up into it. Yep. It could have just passed it by, but he didn't. Yeah. And verse three, it says that that he, Jesus, said to the man who had a withered hand, step forward. Can you imagine just being in that room, just watching like, dude, this thing's about to go south, I can tell. It says, then Jesus said to them, to the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And they just keep silent. Jesus is intentionally creating tension tension in this moment. Yes. It says, and when he had looked around at them with anger. <laughs> not with love and peace yeah, and joy in his heart. Yeah, he's just like smiling happily. He's, yeah. looking, he's looking, he's just looking right in their eyes with anger. Because of injustice, mm. because of oppression. Yes, and- it says being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Exactly. There you go. Uh, that he said to the man. So you just, you just catch this. Jesus is looking at the Pharisees and he talks to the man and says, stretch out your hand. Yeah. And the guy stretches out his hand and it was restored like the hand, like his other hand. It says, and then the Pharisees went out immediately and plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Yeah. That that just does not sound 
Yeah. Get along to go along, yeah. peaceable, understanding. Exactly. Exactly. Let's just all, you know, be friends no. here. Can we sing a little chorus or two <laughs> and hold a candle or something? That's not what happens no. here. This is Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus. It's seeing... not some rogue character. Exactly. Yes. It's Jesus seeing <laughs> oppression, seeing injustice, going right up into the face of it and just flipping the whole narrative basically yep. up on its head yep. and saying, how about that for oppression? Yep. This yep. is what life looks like. Yep. So again, from scripture, I think we, <laughs> these two principles hold true. Yes. Yes, we should keep peace as much as is possible unless we are being asked to sin yep. or unless there is injustice or oppression. And yep. in that those moments, we are called to act. We're yep. called to do something. I get it that that's uncomfortable. There's not, you know, a lot of modern examples of that. Exactly. The the general rule of the day is just love one another and be yeah. quiet and hush your mouth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I just want to give one more example yeah. just so we can all be clear. Um, back to 1 Corinthians 5, uh, Paul is writing and this. Again, we're in the context of church now, in the context of relationships within the church. People people that we know within the church setting. And Paul writes a letter to the Corinthian church about that very thing uh, because there were things going on within the church that were not being dealt with. They were being overlooked. They were being accepted. They were being mm -hmm. um, getting along with, to go along with kind of thing. So Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. But then he clarifies, and he says, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous extortioners, idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But Paul says, look, I told you not to keep company with the immoral, but I'm not talking about everybody We're outside just, of the church. Yeah, yeah. Because if that was the rule, then you'd have to leave the world. Yeah. You'd have to somehow get off the planet yeah. and, and find someone else. Um, but in verse 11, it says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. So these are Christians. Line in the sand. Yep. Don't keep company with anyone who's yep. a brother. And he says, who is sexually immoral or covetous yep. or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner. Yeah. And then he goes one step further. He says, not even to eat with such a person. <laughs> That's, That's not peace. At all no. times, at all costs. That's anything. not no. getting along, to go along. No. That is line in the sand. We're here to proclaim the gospel, and we yep. we can't be hindered in these areas. And yep. Those people need to see what living a peaceful life looks like. Yeah. Now, these weren't people uh, that he's referring to who just had a one-time slip up. Yeah. These were people who practiced sexual morality, yeah. practicing covetousness, practicing idolater, reviler, yeah. drunkard, extortion. These are people who had been... This is their life. Yeah. They, they've been confronted. They have resisted. They they know the truth. They know what, what the commandments are. They know what God calls them to do. And they're not doing it. And and they've they someone has reached out to them and they've resisted. And he says, so now I'm asking you, you need to help them Love mm -hmm. them most by pulling away from them, by not having meals with them. Because every time you have a meal with them, you are condoning what they're doing. Yeah. Because they know already what yeah. they're doing. And so as a way of getting to a place of greater peace for them, 
greater peace within the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you have to practice this non-peace action. Yeah. Whew. So yep. different than what we uh, have seen exactly. in, in, in modern church context. Yep. This is not typical practice, but yep. it's in line. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at more of a whole entirety of scripture and, and, and we find this principle to ring true. So yeah. uh, we'll close there with one verse that I think uh, sums all of this up. Yes. And, and gives us even just a, a greater confirmation of what it is to, we're to be about. This is from Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says, pursue peace with all people. Okay. Yeah. Got that. I yep. think we understand that. Yeah. But the sentence is not over. Mm-hmm. And holiness. Yeah. Set apart. Wow. Yeah. So two seemingly contradictory elements. Yep. Pursue peace, but pursue holiness. Pursue keeping truth, mm-hmm. keeping a standard, keeping yep. holiness for yourself, and yep. keeping instructing, encouraging others to live holy. Yeah. And then he adds this piece, he says, without which no one will see the Lord. Yeah. Both of these things are necessary. Keeping peace and keeping holiness yeah. without which the church, yeah. the others, yourself, yeah. you don't see the fullness of God, yep. the, the, the the glory of the Lord yeah. The in, go- yeah. in your presence. Exactly. The gospel is not able to be clearly portrayed. No one will see the Lord for who he truly is and yeah. in the way he truly is to be yeah. uh, displayed. And, and if he's not seen, then pack it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just going through the motions exactly. after that. Exactly. If we're not seeing him and his glory, seeing him and the gospel, seeing yep. him and his presence, seeing him and his truth, seeing him and his mercy, yep. what are we doing? Yep, exactly. For sure. <sighs> well, um, a, a great topic for our day. Yeah. Uh, 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 I think we've given it a fair overview of scripture, not yes. just one isolated verse yep. to build a case, but many scriptures with many instances, yeah. not just commands, but examples of mm-hmm. how it's practiced. So for sure. um, thanks to everyone for listening today. I'd encourage you to like and subscribe and share and mm-hmm. um, um, bookmark, whatever it might be to help keep this for you, but also share it with someone else. And the yeah. world is uh, the world's a dark and difficult place and the gospel yeah. offers light and, yep. and hope and the church is in need of that today. So uh, thanks for joining us on our vertical podcast. We're going to keep lifting them up and living them out. We encourage yeah. you to do the same. So thanks again for joining us today.